We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, diving right into the mailbag, no calls this week. So we're going to go into some email questions that we have received from at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. First one is from Alex in Savannah. Besides Dracula, what are some of your favorite vampire movies? Uh, Megan, you go. <laughs> uh, so there are a lot of vampire movies. So to try and <laughs> yeah. narrow it down, I went with... A bunch, like a handful, that are movies that I would watch no matter what. Like, I think there are some vampire movies that I really like, but I'll probably only watch them every once in a blue moon. You know, you have to be in a mindset for them. So ones that I would watch all the time, no matter what. Uh, Near Dark, From Dusk Till Dawn, mm. Bram Stoker's Dracula, The Lost Boys, Fright Night, Vamp, and What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> nice. Nice. I definitely agree with What We Do in the Shadows. Zena. Well, I agree with Megan. I love the Lost Boys and Vamp. Vamp is my life. Um, but also, also, I'd, I'd like to add Kronos. Um, yeah. Thirst. Blade. Um, Blade. Martin. Yeah. And uh, Black You Love, of course, because William Marshall, he's just so smooth. And I would add Underworld. And um, did, did you say uh, Shadow of a Vampire, Megan? I did not know. And Shadow of a Vampire. I love Willem Dafoe and Shadow of a Vampire. Um, but you're right. There are so many. Like narrowing down a favorite vampire movie. I know. Is cr- I feel like that was an old Simpsons joke. Like Homer was drunk and trying to pitch like movie ideas. And someone's like, well, I'm pretty sure they've already made a movie about World War II. And Homer <laughs> goes, well, well, how about vampires? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. Like, Let the Right One In, I really, really like that one. But I I don't feel the mood to watch it all the time because it's such Mm -hmm. a quiet little more of a love story-ish type situation. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, or like Byzantium, same story. I love them both. But, yeah, we could talk uh, forever. There is an insane amount of vampire movies out there. Yes. All the vampire movies. So instead of that. Oh. Well, I was going to ask well, a quick question for you then, since there's, you know, so many. What's your favorite kind of vampire movie? Because do you like, like the comedy horrors? Do you like more of the historical type ones? I I tend to go two ways. Obviously, judging by my picks, I adore vampire comedies or really kind of gritty, dirty, mean, monstrous vampires, you know, like mm. near dark. Like, I like the two the most. Okay. Action. I guess action could be in that too. But oh, what about for you? Sure. I definitely would say action. Uh, I I can watch Blade one or two, really. Three, not so much. Just about any time. I don't know what it is about that. Maybe it's just maybe just Wesley Snipes was born for it, and I can't wait to see what Marshall Ali brings to the reboot. I think that's gonna be amazing. Uh but yeah, action or comedy for me, like I think because you see there is uh it's always been drama. It's always been on the or so often leans on the drama side of horror. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. ever since Nosferatu, that people are always trying to tell the same tale a different way. So when you just turn it into like, how do we kill vampires? Like that works for me. And mm-hmm. which kind of works, you know, the Lost Boys kind of goes that direction with the Frog <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Zena? Um, well, like like you guys, I do love like the the comedy comedy horror vampire ones, the action ones, but I also like kind of like the modern ones. Um, there's this one movie; it's actually called um, Modern Vampires from like the late '90s. Casper mm-hmm. Van Dien, he's in it, and it's like a black comedy horror. I mean, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's not. You know, I remember <laughs> when I first watched it, I didn't get it. You know, but then again, I was like 11, but you know, when I watched it recently, <laughs> when I watched it recently, um, I thought it was pretty funny, pretty cheesy and everything like that. So I usually like ones ones like that one. Ones that are like modern or even uh, ones with, a lost my train of thought, but ones with more like an adventure, kind of like Fright Night. Yeah. Sure. All right. Second one. From Matt in San Francisco. Since we're halfway to Halloween, I'm curious to know what are some of your fave costumes in horror? I really love Pinhead and Jigsaw. So I'm going to assume, how do we want to handle this one? Should it be, since it doesn't expand, like cosplay versions that we've seen or personal versions for ourselves, any of the above? I I kind of went a little of both. <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. I, I kind of ter- interpreted it a couple of ways. Okay, then go. Let's see. Let's hear them. Uh, okay, so I interpret it as, like, when you go to the Halloween stores, mm. what kind of costume would you want to be? And I went with Ghostface. For, for bo- I kind of added mm. a duality, basically, to this question. So, like, Ghostface, I love the simplicity of it. It's a classic design, so it would be in season no matter what year, you know, you want to go to your Halloween party. Be Ghostface. Everybody will know what that is forever and ever, and it's simple. <laughs> does not cost yeah. a lot. But also, I appreciate it for, for a slasher design, too. It's something, like, you don't know who the killer is because it could be anybody, which is very appropriate for the Scream franchise. Uh, and similarly, the masked kids on the bus in Trick or Treat which I think they actually just started putting out last year um, at like the spirit Halloween store. They're, they're kind of like a, a play on like the classic fifties plastic masks. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. Where it's yep. like, here's a vampire, here's a ghost, here's a witch. And there's something like inherently creepy about that. So I love yeah. that. <laughs> so it's, and, and the same thing with the mask trio from the strangers. So for me, my my approach to this was like, these are costumes that I could easily pull off because I am not super talented or high budget when it comes to Halloween costumes. But they're also like they're they're pretty classy and simple and creepy from a horror movie standpoint as well. Nice. How about you, Zena? Um, okay, so I have a mixture in here. So the first one, I have to go with Anna from The Guest from 2014. I know that she's not creepy. I just think that she's fabulous. So when she, <laughs> <laughs> when she dressed up in her, well, she wasn't even dressed dressed up like that. It was just her work uniform as a waitress. And she looked so cool. I just, oh my God. And then also when she dressed up as a skeleton, woo, you know, like, whoa, what is she doing? Like, she just looks great. And then, you know, it had me thinking about even with the the same actress she's in this one, it follows. I like the fact with that evil entity, it could be anybody. So you don't need a costume. I'm just showing up and this is what I'm saying. And you don't have to know who I am. I know who I am. You know, on Halloween, if you want to be cheap. And then, of course, I mean. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Your ideal Halloween costume is to just show up as you and tell everybody I'm in follows. Or or I can say I'm a witch because witches are just like everybody else. So don't judge me. You don't you don't know my life, Megan. That's what I would say to people. You know, you, you just have to be you just have to be ready. But no, I like the fact that with um in the movie it follows, it could be anybody. So that's terrifying. That could be like your father, your mother, your next door neighbor, then the mailman. You know, creepy. And obviously, you know, Freddy Krueger. He looks really awesome. Leatherface is amazing. But I guess this is the last one that I'll mention. Um, uh, Esther from Orphan. I love that little oh, schoolgirl look, sure. you know, because it's just 
I would love her makeup tips. So when I hit, you know, 40s and up, I will look like a teenager. Because she's got those kind of skills. She does. And honestly, what kind of makeup was that? Because that's crazy that it wouldn't come off at all. Like, I don't know. But yeah, what about you, John? See, she's I don't got think skills. I can follow that. <laughs> I, oh God, I mean, I. How do you not I, follow Zeta's I wouldn't have a costume. I would be me and that's scary <laughs> enough. <laughs> because I don't know that I've ever considered myself fabulous. So I can't follow that. Oh. No, no, you are fabulous, John. You're fabulous. Uh, I mean, I've had so many costumes. Over here. Like, none of them are good. Um, um, they're always... The best costume I ever had, I think I was five or six. And my mom... My mom was always really good at costumes. She dressed me up as a wolf man. So Aww. she got, like, putty and, like, had, like, hair, like, on my face. And, like, there's a picture. I'll, I'll show you the picture. My mom has it somewhere. Yes. Like, her as a witch Aww. and me as this tiny little wolf man. Baby wolf pack. Um, you know, you know, classics. Uh, I like a classic like Jason, honestly, because it is as throwaway as it could be. You could go a lot of different routes, a lot of different iterations of Jason. But also, it's the costume where you don't get to be the stick in the mud for the Halloween party. Mm-hmm. Like, people are like, oh, I got to wear a costume. Just put on a Jason mask then and drink your beer through a straw. Settle yeah. down. <laughs> Like, Be in the Halloween spirit. It. Embrace it. Yeah, it's so ridiculous to me that people are like, oh, I don't want to wear a costume. Why? Why does that hurt? It's like your one opportunity to just wear whatever, and it's fine. Right. Um. So, but, I mean, I've done a little bit. I, My wife and I were like Al and Peggy Bundy years ago before we had kids. Like, we've mm-hmm. done, like, <laughs> a zombie married couple Recently, over the last few years, it's just been me saying, I let my kids pick what I'm going to be. So, like, three years ago, they just took face paint and just, like, scribbled over my face because they were little and that was the best they could Aww. do. And then, like, this year, me and my son were Ghostbusters and my wife and daughter were Beetlejuices. It was and cute. Yeah. The kids, I mean, I swear my daughter starts picking out her Halloween costume, like, now. Aww. I think she's already changed it. I felt so bad. This week she said she didn't want to be a kitty for Halloween. What? This is going to kill me. And maybe she'll kill me if she ever listens to this. She said she doesn't want to be a kitty for Halloween this year because it's basic. Well. My six-year-old just said it was basic. (laughs) I don't know what to do with that. loftier ambitions is all. Oh my god! It's just awesome. like, how are you talking like that when you're six? <laughs> she has big goals, John. Yeah, she does, yeah. and she does. She has big dreams for for what she wants to be, and I appreciate that. It was more the being a cat so basic. <laughs> oh, please don't. Oh, uh, I love it. Uh, a- anything and everything, you know. I love seeing people dress up, especially parents dressing up with their kids. Like anytime. They're clearly getting into it. I mean, it's, it's putting on a costume. What's a big deal? Like, I always thought it was such a weird thing for guys to be like, oh, I feel so embarrassed. Why? I don't. <sighs> Everyone else is dressed up, too. Exactly. Like, it's it's such a, it's a, it's a weird thing to me. So, I, I am on board with any and all the costumes. I'm personally not a massive fan of the sexy fill-in-the-blank costume trend oh, yeah. that I feel is, maybe, maybe I just noticed it more when I worked in bars in college. Um, I don't notice it maybe more now that I live in the suburbs with my family, but like, I never, I always thought that was a weird trend. Like you, you don't have to like, just wear a costume or as Zena, just be fabulous. You don't even just, just be like, I'm not going to lie. Uh, this past Halloween, I was so, I was basic. Your daughter would have been so disappointed. I was a werewolf, but I just wore like a little cute headband. I mean, I looked adorable, but I just wore like this headband <laughs> and a black skirt with some furry boots. And although I looked amazing, um, it wasn't, it was just like a very last minute old costume that I had from like a couple of years ago. We need to start preparing now. We then. do. It's got to be on Instagram or something or some social media platform that I'm not familiar with. Probably the Facebook page. I still don't know where it is. <laughs> we'll put it there. 
it'll be a group. We'll figure out a good group costume to do. Oh. Maybe we'll even be able to meet in person now that the CDC has lifted flight restrictions. Yay. Yeah. And welcome to the Buddy's Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting Horror Movie Fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and for her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. If not, we're going to do our quick round the table for all the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile, too. So, Zeno, what's been filling your heart this week? Paganini horror. Woo! Okay, so <laughs> I checked out uh, this movie. It's uh, from 1989 on Midnight Pulp. And it's basically about um, these group of rock girls. Like, they're on the search for their next hit song. And their producer and the label, they really want the women to come up with a hit. Like, no excuses. They had a hit song. I mean, that song slapped. Like the way they were just really, they were really playing those drums and like the guitar. It was just great. But anyway, their producer, she hated it. And so with the help of their drummer, they're able to purchase like a piece of previous, previously unpublished piece by a famous dead composer. And, you know, it's, it's, it's haunted, you know, but yeah, they, they want to create this hit and, you know, the producer, he, she approves it. And so they decide that they want it to be like a horror hit and they want it to be similar to Michael Jackson's thriller. So they rent out this mansion so they can shoot the video. And then one by one, you know, they're, they're being brutally murdered because somehow they invoke like this curse and, um, you know what? This is this movie. It's cheesy. It's a cheesy mess, but I love it. And it's it's full of blood. There's gore. There's a lot of violence. And again, though, seriously, though, the music is really awesome. And if you're someone who enjoys like rock, I think that you'll you'll love the music in this one. And, you know, in general, like when it comes with horror and rock, like they really just go together like perfectly, actually. Yeah. And nice. it's unfortunate because it's like, OK, Again, I love the movie, but it is very cheesy, right? But I think that if this one had more of a serious tone, I think that it could have been like one of like one of the the great Italian like horror movies because it had like a pretty cool theme. It was just like very low budget, but there's like something creepy about it. Like the mansion itself, it looks creepy. Um, the actresses, you know, they they did a good job, but you know, sometimes with uh, Italian horrors, it could be very Oh, oh, and it's just like okay, what, <laughs> nothing. That is precisely <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, and it's like <laughs> it's like, but nothing happened. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but but it worked, you know, for for what was happening. But seriously, though, um, it is kind of creepy because there's like alternate realities, and it even touches on like Satan and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just had like a lot of fun with it, and I just hope that one day it gains like a cult following because it kind of. It had that same feel as demons, you know, as I love demons. Bit. Yeah. So it's just like, I hope that people give it a shot more. So that was. Uh, this is, the- I remember watching this not that long ago and there's like this great melty death. And it's oh, awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, why? Why is this a death like this? Like, right. I'm not understanding why, th- but okay, I'm on board because it's goopy anyway, but We need yeah. more goopy horror. More goopy horror, yes. <laughs> so that that was the first one. Um, and then the sex- second one, I checked out The Granny from 1995 on DVD. God bless my mother for having all kinds of movies here that I'm going to somehow try to take back with me. <laughs> so <laughs> this one, it's uh, ba- basically about a grandmother. Duh. She returns from the dead to punish her greedy family for killing her and cheating her loyal niece slash granddaughter out of her inheritance. And nice. um, there's, a, there's a lot of gore in this one. I mean, a lot. Like the death scenes are pretty awesome. Someone gets like their head chopped off with a pair of scissors I don't know. It just snip like are these very big scissors or do they have a? They were like medium. They were like me. <laughs> they were like <laughs> medium sized scissors, and you know the thing with this one. So it follows this woman. She's she's old and she's rich and she's dying, and um, she hates her whole family except for her niece slash granddaughter. And you know what? Her family hates her too, right? And 
also on Thanksgiving, like the family, they're, they're visiting her and they all just want to suck up to her because they want her money so bad. So they're trying so hard to get in good with her because they feel like she's going to die any day now. So this is Thanksgiving, keep in mind. Like, oh my gosh, don't watch this on Thanksgiving with your family. But anyway, the family, they're arguing, you know, about who's going to get the money and she's not even dead yet. Like she's still alive and well, and they'll they'll do it blatantly in front of her. And so, you know, she decides that uh, she doesn't want anyone to inherit her money. So she feels like the best way she can handle the situation is she doesn't want to die. So again, she's really rich. So she pays for this like magical potion that will give her, you know, immortality and she'll be alive forever and legit it works which it's a horror movie so you know that it's it's something's gonna go wrong <laughs> horribly wrong like this mysterious man who's also the director he comes to the door and he gives her like these three rules they're so ridiculous and I won't get into it you just need to watch it and it's just like she doesn't even listen like girl like he just told you and what and then also her niece slash granddaughter everybody's always saying how she's ugly and she's not she just looks like a regular woman what are you guys talking about like it's it's insane but anyway um yeah so obviously from the trailer this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer um, she dies. Someone in her family poisons her. It's literally, you can see someone's hand in the trailer pouring something, <laughs> you know, in her soup or whatever. So anyway, so she dies and, um, well, a little twist. Anyway, so she dies. Okay. And then next thing you know, she comes back from the dead, but she's not her regular self. She's like a demon. She no longer needs her wheelchair. So this one is a, a great mix of, you know, comedy and horror, Again, there's like really creative kills. There's funny dialogue, especially um, the woman, Stella Stevens, who plays Granny. She's hilarious and outrageous. And since this was made around the 90s or like the mid 90s, this was around the time where wrestling was really big, you know. And so they kind of give a nod to that. You see a couple of scenes like that. But I will warn you, there's some freaky stuff in this movie. And why I was watching it in third grade, I don't know. OK, I have no idea why my mom let me watch this. What do you mean freaky stuff? Um, okay. It's like the director, he might be obsessed with incest or something, you know? And oh, it's just like, okay. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, someone kind of gets like bitten by a fur scarf. I don't know. This, this is some weird stuff, <laughs> some weird stuff going on, but it's a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun with it. And even though I watched it on DVD, it is on YouTube. It's just not the best quality, but it's it's there yeah. if you're interested. So there you go. Well, you just you, sold Megan? the hell out of it. So well, yeah. I hope you check it out. Like I said, like it's it's a it is cheesy. It's a cheesy mess. But if you if you want to laugh and you don't mind sleaze, I think that you'll enjoy this one. John's gonna <laughs> watch it right after this. I know it. I am no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, I went for a kind of comfort watch. I watched Cooties on Prime Video. Aww. Yeah, it was uh, released in 2014, and it is about a virus that hits an isolated elementary school, transforming the kids into a feral swarm of mass savages. A motley group of teen uh, teenagers, teachers, must band together <laughs> to survive. So really, this mysterious virus comes in the form of chicken nuggets it's in the like <laughs> opening sequence is the gross don't eat don't eat watching this movie uh but some gnarly stuff gets put into these chicken nuggets and shipped out to schools and then it shows a kid biting into it and it oozes out but you know kids will eat anything and then she kind of turns into a zombie and then it spreads except that once you hit puberty you are not really affected buy it you know it's more like a mild stomach flu um but it's such a goofy fun horror comedy uh over the top it was co-written and produced by lee wanell who also plays the very awkward science teacher i think he's a science teacher he definitely does some science experiments in this <laughs> uh it stars elijah wood rain wilson i mean it, most of the cast are like sitcom stars um and so that's the kind of humor that you're getting and you're basically seeing them all kind of band together and beat up zombie children who most of them <laughs> deserve it. 
Um, <laughs> but it's, it's it's so funny. And I would watch. I mean, I, I think everybody does a great job and, and makes this kind of this endearing but super gross little zombie comedy. comedy but Lee Wan L, I adore Lee Wan L so much because he clearly proves that he is hilarious. He, we know he can scare the pants off of you. But this proves that he can do comedy really, really well. He is so yes. awkward. Like, his first intro is when Elijah Wood, Elijah Wood's the main character. He's a substitute teacher who really is an aspiring author. And he shows up in the teacher's lounge on day one. And it's, like, all these awkward meetings with the different teachers who are very extreme in personality. And Lee Wanell is socially awkward and reading a book on how to engage in in normal conversations (laughs) so he can make friends and he just kind of wanders up and he's like really freaky and about the weather it's just this bizarre he's so good that's that's all just watch it for him please tell me the name of that book in case i (laughs) might want to read it (laughs) tell you what watch cooties and then tell me if you think that this is a book worth getting because lee wanell does not make this seem like a book worth getting well you've never seen me people in real life (laughs) you're doing fine you're doing fine yeah he basically just starts screaming about like so it's really sunny out (laughs) and that's you know is that not normal (laughs) yeah no so clearly the book is ineffective Mm. but wait i'm sorry yeah we have to talk about Rain Wilson's character, Wade. Wade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Rain Wilson is the gym teacher, and uh, he he is very full of the testosterone. He, yeah, he he's he he does really well with this character. There's a running joke the entire movie because he's the type of gym teacher that's still stuck in his glory days as like a college or high school football player, and he's got the cowboy boots and the oversized truck with the dur rear rear. <laughs> the whole movie he's unable to say dual rear wheel so yeah it's it's good it's really good i i know that this did not this was not a a crowd pleaser like it should have been Crazy. it should have been yeah. but it did not i don't know if it was the release or if people were just burnt out on zombie movies but this like just kind of slid under the radar and you know people were like meh but i love it i have such a good time with this movie so you know i'm right i think sometimes <laughs> the problem with horror comedy movies mm-hmm. it is almost like it's very nature like because it has to exist it has to sell itself in the trailer yeah mm-hmm. and sometimes it's really hard to sell horror comedy in a trailer. And unless, I mean, honestly, I don't remember being sold on what we do in the shadows by the trailer. Yeah. Or, Same, actually. or, yeah. or, or like, um, Tucker and Dale versus e- evil by the trailer. Oh, I was, but oh. I totally get that. <laughs> See, yeah. I barely remember the trailer. I think I just watched it. Cause I was like, Oh, that looks like cool. Box I, I oh, saw that in okay. a midnight screening way back when. But you know something with the movie Cooties? I just feel like even with the title, it's so fitting because I remember being a little kid and everybody, you know, like to really like get under some other kid's skin. You just say they have cooties, you know? So yeah. it's just like, I was sold. Yeah. Well, I think that might be part of it too, though. Like maybe they thought it was going to be like too, like for Kids-y. too young of a crowd. Mm. Yeah. But it's not, it is gross. Like that, yeah. <laughs> Lee Wandell, again, going back to his character because I adore it so much. He, he does some experiments and he comes up with his hands and they're covered in, you don't even want to know. <laughs> and so it's like, it has kids in it, but I feel like it's for probably ideally for parents or teachers that really want to get some of their frustrations out at these kids but cannot so like this is kind of like a catharsis type comedy uh i actually saw this at like i'd seen it in theaters at an advanced screening and then i saw it again in theaters when alamo draft house had a special screening where they gave you a tray with chicken nuggets and milk and it was like a cafeteria style (laughs) and it was packed with teachers that were having a great time with this movie so yeah i mean i can see it is a specific type of humor that probably isn't for everybody but i i enjoy the hell out of it nice and then completely switching gears i watched kill list uh which is on criterion channel (laughs) and um came out in 2011 
Nearly a year after a botched job, a hitman takes a new assignment with the promise of a big payoff for three killings. What starts off as an easy task soon unravels, sending the killer into the heart of darkness. Um, I obviously, well, I didn't, maybe not obviously, but I watched this because Ben Wheatley, this was a Ben Wheatley movie and his, uh, in the earth is coming out in a couple of weeks. So I'm kind of going back through his horror filmography. Nice. Um, yeah, this is, I don't want to send the wrong or paint the wrong picture by comparing it to Wicker Man, but it is in a way in the sense mm. that you have this kind of movie that you're watching the whole time almost forgetting you're watching a horror movie like it's very british very uh there's a lot of domestic drama that's that's yep. throughout yep. that it you're kind of if you, you can almost get away with forgetting entirely that you're watching a horror movie up until a freaking crazy mm-hmm. ending so i really like this one um but yeah it's it's nuts but it takes a while to get to the nuts it's like slow burn Almost buddy yeah. comedy in a way. Like he's got some PTSD from a previous botch hit job, and there's a lot of dynamics with him and his hitman partner. There's a lot of drama with his wife. You know, mm. in the time that he stopped taking jobs, they obviously have financial difficulties. These two barely get along, but then they do get along. It's a volatile relationship. Yeah, I I really like it. Yeah, it's. It's one of those movies where, like, you almost can't even talk about it. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't seen it, because actually, you summed it up really well. I never really thought of it that way, but it, you really hit the nail on the head. Is it's a horror movie that doesn't feel like it, like, but it kind of keeps coming back, reminding you. Yeah, there are subtle like signs. The guy in the trailer, but... like, and like this, the, this downward spiral in his character, and like, in his stability and everything else. It's. It's a weird watch. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I love British crime movies, so I watched it kind of thinking it was like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. What's that thing? It's like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. That, it's, it's a really, it's a tough movie, but it's good. It like, is good. I... Like my little hoot at the beginning, I take this weird pleasure in knowing when people have seen it because it's almost like you can look at them and be like, you know. (laughs) Now we're in the same cult. Kind of, (laughs) yeah. No, that's a good one. Uh, I didn't watch any horror this week because I was out of town because it was my kid's spring break, which I didn't tell anybody last week because I don't tell people when I leave places. That's the smart, smart thing plan. to do. Yeah, that was my stuff I had to do. That said, while I wasn't able to get or watch any horror, I did read some horror. Yeah. The first one that I read, I read Gwendy's Button Box by Stephen King and Richard Chismar. Um, it's Gwendy is G-W-E-N-D-Y. It's a novella. And basically it is a story of a young girl Meets a mysterious stranger, as one is wont to do in a Stephen King story, who hands her, who gives her this mysterious box. And this box has a series of buttons on it. And it also, there's also some different features to the box. But it's, the novella, it's an insanely fast read. It's like 160 pages. I think I read it in a few hours. Nice. Um, You could probably read it faster. Again, I'm a slow reader. But it's just, it's also one of those books you just, you start reading and you're like, okay, go. And like, it's a chapter every few pages. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just, I'll do one more chapter. No, oh, one more chapter. <laughs> I like page oh, okay, turners. <laughs> I, I'm done. Uh, but it's a fantastic book. Um, I, I definitely want to see or read more from Richard Chismar. And I think that this is actually a part of a trilogy that I need to dig into. Nice. Um, high recommend if you're looking for, especially as, as the weather's getting nicer, it actually hit the 70s in Minnesota today. Uh, and you just want to be out on the deck or outside or people that are going to the beach. I guess people do that some places. Uh, high recommend. Love it. It's a fast read, um, but it's really beautifully written. And the other one I started reading is called Wonderland. It's by Zoji Stage. I think it's pronounced Zoji. Z-O-J-E. <laughs> uh, 
I'm only about six chapters in. Basically, it's about a family who moves from New York City out into the country, into this new house, completely uprooting their lives, where they've basically only known about living in the city. Um, it's and the uh, haunted things that start to happen out in the woods. I so love far, haunted that's, things that's, in the woods. <laughs> that's my interpretation of what's going on so far. Um, I saw this on a book list of uh, like top horror like haunted house horror novels of like the last couple of years so i bought it kind of sight unseen just because why not and i'm i'm really into it those who might recognize the name assuming that i pronounced it correctly she also wrote a book called baby teeth that i think i'm going to get next um really beautifully written i'm only about six or seven chapters in but it's it's interesting how it's also tying together uh loss of personality and loss of a part of yourself because the mother is uh, a retired ballerina mm. who is now who's lived in New York her entire life and is now going to live in the country so her artist husband can do art and she's just going to be mom. And so it's like leaving a part of yourself behind wow. literally and metaphorically and raising the children and feeling unsafe in this new place. And mm-hmm. then on top of it, there's things to feel unsafe about. It's Ooh. it's really interesting. I got to dig into it. Cool. So that's Wonderland by Zoji Stage. So that's about it for me. So what are we watching? How do we watch it? Okay. So I'm sorry. I just had it up. I always do this because I get, I was really into what you were saying and I was trying to write down the title. Uh, so I checked out uh, Paganini Horror on Midnight Pulp and The Granny on DVD, but it's also on YouTube. I watched Cooties on Prime Video and Kill List on Criterion Channel. And I read Gwendy's Button Box by Stephen King and Richard Chismar. And I am reading Wonderland by Zoji Stage. So now I have to get back on the train and watch some stuff. So, Megan, what am I watching this week? Have you seen? Besides the... Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen The Devil's Candy? Ooh. Which one's that? It has uh, Ethan Embry as a heavy metal dad. They move out to a nice home in the countryside and things go wrong no no i haven't seen it no 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 That's, yeah uh, this one po- this one keeps popping up on my list there and you I haven't go watched it yet. it's nice. on hulu nice yep that's i think that's where i keep seeing it yeah recommended for you and you know i scoff at that you don't know me hulu well i guess i do <laughs> <laughs> megan does all right Zena. okay oh my gosh i had such a hard time picking one um god well can i ask you a question of course. Okay, so are you in the mood for something fun and woo? Or do you want something more serious and mmm? supposed to be more serious. Mm. <laughs> See, now I don't know. Um, you can balance let's do, me. Yeah, let's do fun this week. Okay. And then we'll do serious next week. All right, so we're going to go with then the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 on Shudder. <laughs> awesome. Have you seen it? Yeah, I'll watch it again. No, though. no, why no? Because oh, you've fine. seen it already. Okay, well, this right. I have another one that's Go. fun. I mean, I think it's Go fun. Serious. Um, okay. Summer Camp on Tubi. Which from, one's that? From 2015. Have you seen that? Is that the one where they get teleported into the? No, that no. one's a... okay. I, I know what Zena's talking about. That one actually. I haven't seen me. Summer Camp then. Yes. Is that what's that on Shutter? Tubi. Tubi. To be. Oh my god! If you've okay, seen that so one, I've, we were gonna fight because <laughs> I have Devil's Candy on Hulu and Summer Camp on Tubi, and we had a Patreon request as well for next week. Yes, all of us. Well, you, one of us, some of us, <laughs> will talk about Hatchet next week. Ooh. Yes. So, as the person on this podcast that still hasn't seen Hatchet, I will watch Hatchet, and we will all discuss, as requested by uh, a Patreon member, um, with some questions. So, I have The Devil's Candy on Hulu, Summer Camp on Tubi, and Hatchet. Is Hatchet on Amazon? I need to look. Hatchet, I think Hatchet is on, on Prime, yeah. Okay. I'll figure it out. I'll rent it if I have to. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will? 
Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So, Megan, what's going on? Corin Hardy is directing a Sam Raimi-produced horror movie for Netflix. Uh, Netflix has landed Every House is Haunted, a script by Jason Pagan and Andrew Dushman and uh, Corin Hardy, who previously helmed The Hallows or The Nun, he's set to direct. So the plot is about an insurance investigator who tries to debunk claims that a couple's death was caused by a haunted house, but his doubts are challenged by a psychic and the mysterious occurrences he witnesses with his own eyes. Um, so obviously it's going to be produced by Sam Raimi for Raimi Productions. Uh, Raimi has a financing deal with Starlight, which optioned a collection of so- short stories called Every House is Haunted. The Ian Rogers short stories, he wrote the collection, but the short story, The House on Ashley Avenue, is the basest for this project. So if that was confusing, basically <laughs> this is based on the short story, The House on Ashley Avenue, which is part of the Every House is Haunted short story collection. Um, okay. So yeah, are either of you familiar with the short story collection? No, me neither. Nope. I have not read it. I like the idea of a insurance adjuster as the entry point into this haunted house investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a fan of haunted house movies, or what are your thoughts on Netflix because they seem to be really ramping up their original content lately? I'm excited that they're you know giving us original content because I feel like that's something that we've all been asking for. And this one, it kind of sounds a little bit similar to 1408, you know, which I'm I'm open to. That's true. I mean, I love a good haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. The big thing about haunted house movies is just finding that different angle. Right. But Something I, new. I mean, the idea of like an insurance adjuster who has to disprove that a haunted house is responsible, that's a pretty smart angle. Right. Yeah. I never would have <laughs> thought of something like that. Yeah. So that could be really fun. And again, yeah, and good for Netflix for doing some more like original content. Do you like The Hallows or The Nun? Uh, I, I I wasn't a huge fan of The Nun. I liked it, it but and that's totally but most people did. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, like... yeah. It, it's it's personal preference. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it wasn't necessarily because I looked at him like this filmmaker ruined this. <laughs> it was just <laughs> right. Yeah, it just wasn't necessarily for me, um, but I like the prem- I like the sound of the premise of this, and Sam Raimi being attached never hurts. For sure. Then uh, IFC Midnight is going to release Neil Blomkamp's new supernatural horror, Demonic. Um, We've touched on Demonic before. Um, As a refresher, it was reported in February that Neil Blomkamp secretly shot a horror movie during the pandemic called Demonic, and that it was set to screen at the European film market. Uh, In Demonic, a young woman unleashes terrifying demons when supernatural forces at the root of a decades-old rift between her mother and daughter are ruthlessly revealed. It's going to star Carly Pope, who is in Elysium, Chris William Martin, who is in AVP Requiem and The Vampire Diaries, uh, and Michael Rogers, who's in, he was in Supernatural. Um, And then we knew that it was going to have a strong sci-fi and VFX component. And now we know that IFC Mc they picked it up. IFC Midnight picked it up and they are going to release it August 20th. So I'm sure as we get closer, we'll see more about that. And then uh, this is probably more of a me news than anything, but uh, BBC (laughs) is headed out to sea for a horror comedy series wrecked. Uh, UK channel BBC Three commissioned Wrecked, a six-part comedy horror series written by emerging talent Ryan J. Brown. The six-part series is set aboard a mega cruise ship 
It follows 19-year-old new recruit Jamie as he joins the crew in search of his missing sister. She was working aboard the same vessel on a previous tour and never made it home. He's initiated into cruise life and gets a crash course on the teen tribes within the staff who party hard and remain oblivious to the bloodthirsty murders taking place on board. He's forced to turn detective and cover the sinister truth. Brown told Variety, who reported this, or broke the news, that uh, in Wrecked, the kills are brutal, the laughs are loud, and the heartfelt moments land with real candor. I wanted to create a piece of genre entertainment that had the savvy teen sharpness of Scream, the unsettling atmosphere of The Shining, and the strange upstairs-downstairs mythology of Cabin in the Woods. At its core, Wrecked is a tense coming-of-age story about a lost gay kid from Sheffield propelled into uncharted waters of escalating paranormal paranoia and self-discovery. So the series is actually supposed to film in Northern Ireland later this year, which means that we won't get distribution news until much later. Obviously, I wanted to talk about this because I adore aquatic-based horror, uh, <laughs> and I like the idea of a slasher combined with you know, a big cruise ship. But I'm curious, what is your favorite setting for a slasher movie? Uh, for me, um, The Woods. Because the woods. there's enough. Yes, the woods. Because I feel like there's so much, obviously, that could happen out there. And honestly, this is going to sound completely selfish, but I would never be in the woods. So I don't ever think that that would happen to me. And um, even when it comes with this movie, uh, it kind of, when you were mentioning it, I thought it was going to be kind of like more similar to like Harper's Island. You know, because that one was like a, a mini series and stuff like that. that I love Harper's place. Island. That it's was on just, an actual island. Isn't that Which awesome? gives them a little bit more room to stretch out. But yeah, I love that. Yeah. But no, yeah. That... I don't know why, but when you were doing the description of this, I I couldn't stop thinking Club Dread. <laughs> Wasn't that on a, like, a resort, right? Yeah, it's on, yeah, an, that's on, a, it's on an island resort, and it's the idea of people being oblivious to a slasher <laughs> going yeah. around, and at the same time, like... The new guy who's there trying to negotiate just the weird politics and like relationships Marva, of the existing employees and stuff like that. And I would, I always felt like Club Dread kind of fell apart. I heard there's yeah. horrible studio interference, Aww. but Bill Paxton is so, or Bill Pullman is so funny in that movie. It's one of like, like the, he's got some moments where he just like melts down. I. Maybe uh, maybe I'm the only person in the world that thinks they're funny, but I think he's freaking hilarious. I think he's hilarious too. Didn't he like um, spaz out on a girl about Margaret Margaritaville? Something. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Pina Colada Bird? Yeah, she was <laughs> <laughs> that I wrote three years earlier. <laughs> yes, that. And then he has another one where he's trying to teach some cooks how to make paella, and he just oddly goes insane and like throws a coconut against the wall and just starts yelling. I don't know why it cracks me up every time. That said, I like the idea of this. <laughs> I mean, it could work because you think about a cruise ship and how many passengers are on a cruise ship. I mean, there yeah. are uh -huh. a lot. So you could probably get away with some vicious murders where people aren't really going to be aware because mm -hmm. they're so busy having a great time. And then you have the downstairs, like the staff probably trying to keep it on the DL. And I don't know. I, I'm on board. But the moment you put anything at sea, my ears are going to perk up. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. John, where, she, Zena's anti-woods. Where would your ideal slasher be? Oh, man. I mean, as a person who's spent plenty of time in the woods as a Minnesotan, um, I totally acknowledge that, too. It is terrifying out there. I have friends that camp all the time, and I'm like, you are crazy. <laughs> I will stay in a cabin. Fine. I will look for the Necronomicon in a basement. That's okay. <laughs> but I'm a tent? Come on. That's not protection. No. Um, God, I don't know. I, I feel like I like the idea. I think I... I really like the idea of it being on a cruise ship yeah like there's something that's awesome i mean cruise ships already terrify me yeah like the Same. idea of like being stranded on one of those things for yeah. like two weeks with no toilets or something <laughs> is that's horror <laughs> yeah so well, the fact you're in luck because we're going to get one yay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh so, Russian creature feature Sputnik is getting an American remake by producer Matt Reeves. 
The uh, Russian 80s set sci-fi horror movie Sputnik only released last year, and it's currently available to watch on Hulu, or you can get it on Blu-ray, um, but it's getting an American remake. Matt Reeves, who's uh, helming the upcoming The Batman, is producing the, his take on the Russian movie for a sixth at, for his production company, Sixth in Idaho, alongside Village Roadshow Pictures and XYZ Films. If you don't know what Sputnik is, it is set in the Soviet Union in the 1980s during the midst of the Cold War. It follows a young female doctor who is recruited by the military to assess a cosmonaut who survived a mysterious space accident and returned to Earth with a dangerous organism living inside him. The quote for this, uh, Village Roadshow's Jillian Aft. Applebaum said, We believe Sputnik will translate well to English-speaking audiences and continue to captivate moviegoers worldwide with its thrilling story. We are eager to begin production and believe we have some of the best partners in the industry to reimagine Igor's original vision while staying true to the film's journey. Reeves previously, he broke out originally with Cloverfield. That's what, I mean, he had done stuff before, but his breakout was Cloverfield. And then his follow-up to Cloverfield was the American remake of Let the Right One In which was titled Let Me In. So I actually really like Reeves as a filmmaker. He, I think he does uh, sentimental really well. Did you, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw Let Me In, like the remake, if you have thoughts of it. I am not surprised about a remake being so soon because there are, there's a large percentage of audiences that don't want to read subtitles and that's fine. And mm -hmm. so to me... Like, it's going to happen. It's happened so many times before where an international genre movie, at least, makes a big enough success. And then an American remake is hot in that wake. So I don't know. I know we've even talked about that briefly before. So I don't know if you've seen Let Me In, if you have thoughts on Reeves as a filmmaker, even though he's producing, not necessarily directing. What do you feel about this news being so close to Sputnik? Lay it on me. John's got an ick uh, face. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> I like Reeves. I do. And the new Batman movie that's coming out looks awesome. Yeah. I don't know if it's just the trailer and they're just making it look really good, but it looks really good. And I, I, I don't get it. I don't know why they would do this. It, okay. And here's why. So unless they're going to take the exact same scenario and use in American actors and then just pull a hunt for red October style thing where everyone's just speaking English set in cold war Russia. I don't think it doesn't they make should. Any sense yeah. I don't think they should. Exactly. So it doesn't make sense in my mind. Now I, I, I totally hear what you're saying about readers. Cause I have a problem with that too, because uh, yeah. most of the time movies are background. I can't watch right. foreign language films as much. That said, but I'll take the time to watch one that I really want to watch. And I, I don't know. It doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. If you're going to change the plot so much that it's not even set in Russia. So they're speaking English. Then you've completely changed the movie. Then just make a different movie. Like just make life part two, which is basically what you're going to get. So I, kind it of is not really. Uh, and I can't talk about it without spoiling some of Sputnik. So I'm just, it's, I, I, I think it's weird that it's happening so closely on the tails, but they've already announced the American remake of Train to Busan too. Yeah. Which, but I mean, again, that's, that's I what don't... I'm saying. Like if you take a, an American remake of an international title, it is almost always literally hot on the heels. Like let me in was literally a couple years. If, if not mm -hmm. like shorter to let the right one in. Now that one was a lot closer to the original. So I'm hoping they do make some departures because I think it would be weird to focus on an American take of Soviet cold war, Russia in the eighties. Like I don't think that translates so much. It changes so much of the movie itself to the point where it would be a different movie. It doesn't, yeah. it's not a remake anymore. Zeta's like, I got oh, nothing. No, 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 no. I mean, at first I was just going to be like, no comment. But no, you know, I I agree with John. You know, like, I didn't mind, you know, let me in. And Megan, you're right. Because that was like, what, two years after the original one. Right? Yeah, it was, it was I, pretty short. Yeah, I, I like that one. I really did. 
But at the same time, it's just kind of like, okay, at this point, and I know people like, oh, they're remaking everything and blah, 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 but they are. And it's just like, yeah. it's just becoming <laughs> redundant at this point. And then on top of that, like, I mean, I'm open to it regardless, but in some ways I can understand why someone may not want to see it with them already just kind of like shutting it out, just hearing the news on it. Yeah. Because even with that, like when I think about quarantine as an example, compared to wreck, I like the way they shot, you know, quarantine. It was just like a shot by shot kind of thing. You know, I don't see them doing that again. And I'm all for people wanting to be creative, adding their own little personal touch. But then it's kind of like what John said. Why not just do a completely different movie? But then why do a shot by shot too, you know? Because you said that you want it to be an American version and people don't want to read subtitles. So then that way you want to have American talent. Yeah, to me, that like doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I do do agree with you in the sense that like you, you ask people, whoever... If if you've watched Quarantine first versus Wreck, then I mm-hmm. think like people you've talked to tend to prefer the one they've seen first. Right. And so, you know, it's... I guess it's like, hey, well, you don't want to read subtitles, here's a shot for shot. But I don't yeah. know. It's it's all I mean, like subjective is my point though, it I is, think. It is, is where I'm going th- with this. But I guess it's just more of a because we've been hearing about so many remakes over the last well, forever, but over the really especially this last year. And again, I'm all for it. Be creative. You know, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm not like shutting it down. I'm just mm-hmm. saying at this point, it's like, okay, can we get something new? You know, that's all. If by doing this, the the, the creators of Sputnik are going to get more work or they're going to get more exposure or something from it, then fine. I'll spin it that way. Yeah. Because they made something really great. And I don't want it to get lost in the idea of it being a remake and suddenly it being Matt Reeves' movie or whoever's movie. Like if it's just if it's just good for those filmmakers to do this, and maybe it is. Maybe doing these remakes is showing it is like an opportunity mm-hmm. for for uh filmmakers outside the united states to get more opportunities within the united states right yeah I mean, look how long it took for john woo to come to the united states uh to like with hard target so yeah if it's an opportunity for the filmmakers great if it's just remakes for the sake of remakes then just do a voiceover dub <laughs> right that's yeah. that's what i'm saying is like it yeah. that seems like a cheaper course of action than a shot for shot English but then yeah. i thought that i thought that people would complain that they don't know the actors in it if they did that so there's there's no pleasing everybody but i will true cut my final thoughts on this is if it's the type of news that drives you crazy just the uttering of the word remake another announced Mm -hmm. remake project the only way to really vote is with your dollars like you want more original horror you support original horror you that's where you throw your money because if you're tired of remakes or you're tired of franchise uh sequels or reboot reboots then you you go and you support the original horror. And a lot of that tends to be in the indie, indie world. And I, and I think that even though there has been this massive wave of announcements Mm -hmm. of reboots and remakes, we haven't seen them yet. Right. It's in the news a lot. Yeah. So, but there's also uh, a good chance that half of these projects fall through, like, especially exactly is my point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy to kind of be like, why are they doing this? And it's like, well, are they even going to? Yeah. Like, like, let's see. We'll see what happens first. Like, maybe Train to Busan remake will be really, really good. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this remake will be really, really good. I think it's more you just get a little tired of hearing that news. Same, yeah. And then nothing even happens. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, so. I've heard, too, like, this is, like, for a different movie. Um, With the movie Terrified. I'm curious to see, because I heard that there's supposed to be, like, an American remake to that one. But that was, like, a year ago. And I haven't really heard anything on it. So with that, my concern with that one, which is, mm, I guess it could be even the same thing with with Sputnik. Um, Can some of the stuff still translate? You know, like with uh, there's this movie I watched uh, a couple of months ago, a couple of months ago called Hashtag Alive. And it's actually based off of the American version alone. And so um, I still haven't checked out alone yet, but I heard that it's just, uh, around the same thing they just made it more um to the, like the culture you know yeah. like just with different cultures and stuff but it's still translated you know because that's but that's different because that's like zombies and you're stuck alone and you know so i'm just curious like with a movie even like sputnik will they be able to do that mm. you know we will find out or maybe we won't 
<laughs> Who knows? Uh, and speaking of, I guess, reboots slash remakes, this is not a remake, but Spiral from the Book of Saw, the trailer uh, just dropped and brings new puppets and traps to the screen. Um, we're literally over a month away from the theatrical release of Spiral from the Book of Saw, which means that obviously the marketing is heating up, which means that a brand new trailer dropped for the Darren Lynn Bowsman directed ninth entry of this franchise starring Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, and it is opening in theaters on May 14th. So it appears to be a reboot. We're not sure, because it's from the Book of Saw. Um, as for the plot, it follows a criminal mastermind who unleashes a twisted form of justice in Spiral, a terrifying new chapter. Working in the shadow of his father, an esteemed police veteran, uh, brash detective... Ezekiel, Zeke Banks, and his Ricky partner take charge of a grisly investigation into the murders that are eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past. Unwittingly entrapped in a deepening mystery, Zeke finds himself at the center of the killer's morbid game. So the Zeke is played by Chris Rock, his partner is Max Minghella, and his father is Samuel L. Jackson. So the teaser, did you watch the teaser by any chance? I watched Zeta's it. like, yeah, what'd you think? I'm excited about it. You know, when I remember when they first announced it, I thought that it was like an interesting take, you know, with Chris Rock wanting to be a part of it, you know, even hearing that he's like a huge fan of the series. So I'm just yeah. curious to see where it goes. And I really love like the the poster thing with the little sp spiral swirly thing. Uzumaki-ish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the new trailer, I tell you what, they did the new trailer right uh -huh. in that you barely got a glimpse of the traps yeah you just got ideas of them yeah. especially like samuel jackson all of a sudden it's like suspended or something it's like wait a second yeah and then there's like there's a subway train there's looks like someone's got a headgear on but it's they like, give oh, nothing away was, it's all a perfect they give nothing away i and actually yeah, really I, like how they they did like a new puppet you know, instead of mm -hmm. Billy, it's like a pig puppet, which yeah. kind of makes more sense to me. I, I never really understood how the pig mask imagery fit in in the original franchise. But this is like, oh, they're cops. I see what's yeah. happening here. So, nice. yeah. Uh, do any of you have plans to rewatch the Saw franchise to uh, kind of catch up before this release? I really need to because... It's so weird because I don't really, rem I remember the first one, but then I don't remember the second one, but I remember the third one and then that's it. So yeah, I, I need like a refresher. Yeah. Most of them, most or all of them are on HBO Max right now. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. I started, I, I turned them on and I just started watching them straight through and I got to four and I took a break. Yeah. It gets <laughs> like, really just, convoluted in the back half. It gets convoluted and it's just like, all right, that's a lot of just dismemberment. I just... <laughs> I don't need that much right now. You totally back to back to back's a bit much. Fair. All right, listeners, your turn. Excited for aquatic slashers? Have feelings about the new wave of remakes? Let's hear about it. Number is 224-475-1040. The number's in the show notes, too. If phones aren't your jam, don't worry. If you don't want to call us and have your voice on the air or international rates are messing with you, feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com or keep an eye on our social media accounts for a chance to ask questions. Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clues in on what is appearing soon and what we should watch. So, Zena, what should we watch? Well, coming out on the 6th on Tuesday, we have two movies that's heading straight to DVD. The first one is Dawn of the Beast. A group of graduate students get more than they bargained for while searching for the legendary Bigfoot. Not only is he real, but there's something far more evil lurking in the woods or the shadows. And then The Reckoning, it will be out uh, also on DVD. This is from Neil Marshall, Evelyn, a young widow. You know, she's haunted by the recent suicide of her husband. And then she's falsely accused of being a witch by the landlord after she rejects his advances. And before, before we move on to Thursday, I just want to remind you that Bloody Disgusting TV is like ready and just available for you to check out. So treat yourself and just go watch it. <laughs> now, <laughs> to Thursday on the 8th, uh, The Power it will be on Shudder. This one takes place in 1973. A young nurse is forced to work the night shift in a crumbling hospital as striking miners switch off the power across Britain. But inside the walls lurks a terrifying presence that threatens, the consume, that threatens to consume her and everyone around her. So there we go. Nice, and that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com or on Twitter at HauntedMeg. 
Xena can be found on her own site, Real Queen of Horror, and on the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod, on Facebook at the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. <laughs> I swear I'm going to get it one of these weeks. <laughs> or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zeno. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.